We do not claim any rights to any audio clips taken from other media used in our podcast. These belong to the studios and creators that made the characters and stories portrayed in the clip, and we have only used these clips for entertainment and reference purposes. Christmas! Spooky season! Christmas! The Nightmare Before Christmas is a happy medium in between. Oh, that one goes for both! It's spooky Christmas. Spooky Christmas. (laughs) Yes. But spooky season has to happen before Christmas. Hey there, everyone. This is Rebecca. I'm the mom. And I'm her daughter, Hannibal. All right. So today is Wednesday. We're back to our normal recording day Yay. for once. For once? <laughs> <laughs> Summer's been crazy, guys. Right? Right? So my schedule has been a little wackadoodle, as I'm sure everyone has noticed this summer, that sometimes we'll go two or three weeks without a single episode. And here we are. This episode is coming out. And let's see. Our last one came out four days ago. Four days ago. So, yeah, my schedule is getting a little wackadoodle again. So, yeah. so you guys get a little bit of a bonus episode right? this week. It's going to be super fun. Yes. So, I think at some point we'll probably get back to a regular schedule. But I'm hoping now that school has started for our local school system. Yes. Your private school that you teach at starts in a week. Once that happens, I think we're going to be able to get back on a normal once a week schedule. I think so. Once there's a little bit more routine to life. Yeah. Ideally, I still want our episodes to come out on Tuesday. I think that's the best for my schedule. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be, when watching our analytics, the episodes that come out on Tuesday, more people are like, oh, hey, cool, new episode. Seems like Tuesday's a good listening day. It is. It is. So if you are listening on this episode right now and it's not Tuesday, thank you. Thank you. If you log on on Tuesday and you hear this episode going, wait, this one came out on Saturday? Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry. Crazy schedule time. Before we dig into a Walsh family Christmas, which is what we're discussing today, we want to give everybody a heads up. This episode was a really long episode. A normal episode of 90210 is like 46 minutes long, I think. Something like that. This one was an hour and eight minutes long. So it's a little bit longer, which it doesn't seem like much, but it's enough. Yeah, and there's so much that happens in this episode. We are giving you a heads up now. This is going to be a longer than usual podcast, and we know we get chatty and it's usually long (laughs) anyway, but... Us? I know. I know. But this one, you've been warned. It's a little bit longer. We're going to try not to get chatty because I love Christmas. I also love Christmas, but we can't have Christmas just yet. Spooky season first. Before we get snow, I need crunchy leaves and I need pumpkins. I'm ready for snow. It could start snowing right now and not stop until March and I'd be okay with that. But spooky season. <sighs> you can decorate pumpkins in the snow. No, it's not the same. Anyhow. <laughs> I like Christmas. I also like Christmas. We did immediately after we watched this episode, (laughs) we both went home and kind of had the simultaneous thought of, oh man, I wish my Christmas tree was up. I literally was scrolling Facebook just, you know, randomly as you do. And I saw this meme that was shared on some page and it was just really interesting timing that we had just watched this episode together. Yeah. It says, I walk around like everything is okay, but deep down inside, I want to put up my Christmas tree. Yeah, and then you messaged that to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, me too. Right? 
it feels like we need Christmas trees up right now. A little bit. I mean, talking about a Christmas episode will make you get into the Christmas spirit. But you know what that says about this episode? Hmm. They did a really fabulous job with it when we're sitting here in August mm -hmm. going, oh, I miss Christmas. Oh, I want to put up my tree. So let's dig into this. This episode was written by Darren Starr, the main man himself. The main man, Darren Starr. And with such a long episode and such a deep episode on so many different levels, mm -hmm. I'm really glad that he wrote this one. It paid off. It definitely paid off. Hannibal, can I hear the Back to the Peach Pit description for this episode? You sure can. The Walshes celebrate their first Beverly Hills Christmas with all of their friends, and everyone finds out how much they truly appreciate being with the ones they love at the holidays. Plus, a surprise dinner guest teaches them about what the spirit of Christmas really means. So the episode starts out seeing the New Mexico sign. Yes. And the, I don't remember what it said, but you know, the entering New Mexico kind of yeah. sign. Welcome to New Mexico kind of thing. And a bus drives by right then, and it's the bus that Steve is on. Because as we remember last time we talked about, he had just gotten on the bus and the bus drove away as the group was all standing there saying goodbye. Yes. So his bus is getting there, and it's some town. They never actually say the name of the town. No. But from a little bit of investigative work that I've done based <laughs> on addresses and things that they did, I think it's like near Roswell, New Mexico. I think so. Which is a little ways outside Albuquerque. It's not ways. like, it's not a suburb, but it's out there a ways. Yeah. It was a 16-hour trip. That's a long time to be on a bus. Right? So imagine Steve is on the 16-hour bus trip. This was before you had cell phones to distract you and text your friends. Steve was, probably didn't bring a book. I doubt he brought a book. He might have had his Game Boy that we saw him playing last time. Maybe. If he remembered to pack it, he might not have even thought about it. He very quickly packed. But he apparently was visiting with some girl on the bus. One thing I have to say I love, love, loved. He got off the bus and he was talking to this girl about, you know, hey, thanks for visiting with me and blah, blah, blah. There was no hint of flirtation. No. Which is very abnormal for Steve. Very abnormal for him. But he didn't even start trying to flirt with this girl. Mm, he was focused. She seemed like she was kind of waiting for him to. Yeah. Almost like she kind of wanted him to because he is a pretty boy from California. He, he is pretty. He is pretty. And so she was probably sitting there like, I met a cute guy on the bus. Right. But Steve was very focused on his, mm -hmm. like, on his mission of why he was there. And so... I thought that was really cute. That was really cute. So the scene changes and we see the Beverly Hills sign. Mm -hmm. And it's showing different shops and Christmas decor on the road there. And from, again, context clues. Pretty sure it's Rodeo Drive. I've never been there because, again, Montana girl. <laughs> I'm not going to go shopping at Rodeo Drive. No offense, California, but... I don't have that kind of money. I'm an Amazon <laughs> shopper. I'm not a Rodeo Drive shopper. Big difference. Anyhow. Yeah. Anyhow. We see Brenda is starting a new job. Yay for As, Brenda! Yeah, she's at some little boutique store, it looks like. Cute. They had some perfume, I think, it looked like. And they had, they had jewelry. Some kind of skincare line. Skincare, yeah. And... Some clothes. So then we picked up a scarf. Very it was boutique. just very boutique y kind of stuff. Yeah. And at one point in the episode later on, they mention about Tiffany's being across the street. So we figured out where Tiffany's is in Beverly Hills. I Googled. There's three Tiffany's, two in LA. And one in Beverly Hills. The one in Beverly Hills is on Rodeo Drive. Yeah. So we're like pretty sure it's That's Rodeo why Drive. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and say that because I'm going to make myself sound smart. There we go. I Googled people. It's okay. I'm not that smart. 
You can find anything out from Google. Right? I think even, like, really, really smart people Google. I think so. Everyone's got to Google. So side tangent here. <laughs> One of the podcasts that I listen to is called No Dumb Questions. It's literally a rocket scientist yeah. and a pastor. That's who's an like, interesting combo. Yeah. The pastor <laughs> is, like, this multiple, like, many degrees in history and theology and okay. not just like Christian studies, but like world history. Cool. So these are very, very intelligent men. I cannot count how many times in their podcast they talk about, let me just Google that. Let so it makes Google. me feel better when they do that <laughs> because I do that too. Yeah. Anywho, so back to Brenda's work. Yes. So she's there and she's excited. She has a new job. I'm a little nervous. You can yeah. kind of tell. And I will say, this is not a one-off episode thing of her having this job. Oh, okay. She, she does have this job for at least one more episode. I can't quite remember beyond that, though. Okay, cool. Kelly and Donna are there, and they're pretending to shop so they can talk with Brenda. It's super cute. So adorable. Oh, my goodness. As they're standing here talking, they originally are just kind of talking about Brenda's job and how, like, look at how cute you are with your little job and... You're the first one of our friends to have a real job. And then Hannah, while we were watching it, was like, what about Brandon? And then mom went, um, probably like their girlfriends. And I'm yeah. like, but still, Brandon's their friend. But anyway, so <laughs> as they're standing there, Kelly, suddenly, Steve comes to mind. Yeah. And she's a little bit worried about him. She is, yeah. You know, I'm really starting to get worried about Steve. Yeah, he's been gone four days. Nobody's talked to him. His mom keeps calling my house. She's totally freaked out. Maybe we shouldn't let him go. Kelly, what could we have done? I know. This really sounds weird, but I miss him. I do. I mean, especially around Christmas, you know. He'd always buy me something really nice, even though we weren't going out. What if he never comes back? Look, guys, why don't you come over tonight? Bran and my dad are out buying a Christmas tree, and we'll all get together and do sort of a tree trimming thing. You guys haven't bought your tree yet? There are only two days till Christmas. We've had ours for a week. It's a family tradition. We always wait two days before Christmas. That way you get the freshest tree. I mean, it's a family tradition. We always wait until two days before Christmas. That way we always get the freshest tree. It's a family tradition! It's a family tradition! They always wait until two days before Christmas. That way you always get the freshest tree. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what kind of world they live in. Even but... in Minnesota. There's no way they have good Christmas trees two days no. before Christmas. The ones on the tree lots, even here in Montana, two days before Christmas, They're are sad. dry and sad. They're Charlie Brown trees. Yeah. Yeah. They're really pathetic. Yeah. But apparently this is a Walsh family tradition. And apparently this has always worked for them. And so, unfortunately, all that's left at the tree lot is dead brown trees because they've been yeah. in the middle of a dry spell. So this is the point where we had last week's teaser clip. Yes. Where Cindy was on the phone with her mom and talking about it's how it's nine. 90 degrees. Yeah, 9 oh. Yeah, and how she's like, I'm sitting here in my shorts, and she hears from her mom, it sounds like they're getting snow in Minnesota. Oh, it's snowing. I miss that. She's, she's very nostalgic. Christmas. Very nostalgic. And having lived in two different kinds of places, very mm -hmm. similarly to in the show, I can say... I do love my white Christmases. Right? I don't like winter in Arizona. No. When I was back in Phoenix. It feels weird. It did. It felt 
wrong. I grew up there, so I didn't know any different. Right. But in movies, you always see mm -hmm. snow on the ground and trees and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I can understand Cindy's nostalgia, but at the same time, Jim is still trying to encourage her. This is where we live now. We can't keep running back to Minnesota all the time. He was really right when he said that. Completely yes, and totally right. Absolutely. So they have to figure out how to make Beverly Hills feel like home at Christmas even. Yes. So that's what they're working on. Yes. So she comes out and she sees this tree. And she's so upset. She's just like, what happened to the tree? No, oh, no, that is not right. That is the dead tree. So when she goes back inside, Brandon's outside with spray paint. Green spray paint. Spray painting the tree. Not very well either, mind you. No. It's it's well done when you see it in the next scene. But Jason Priestley yes, was not doing the best spray painting job. No. The prop team went and spray painted that much better. He was just doing it for show. So the whole group of kids are... Minus Steve, because he's in New Mexico. Yes. Mostly it's the girls and... Dylan. Dylan. Because... And Brandon, he counts. And Brandon, but it's already at the Walshes, so we expect to see Brandon. So they're all helping decorate the tree, and yeah. I was dying of laughter at Dylan, because mm -hmm. he's standing over by the tree, and they kind of pan over to him and Brandon. But So he's feeling the needles on this tree, and he's like, what's wrong with your tree? And Brandon's like, uh, nothing. And then Dylan sniffs the tree. Spray paint? And Brandon simply tells him, shut up and keep trimming. Yes. <laughs> So Kelly's over at the box of all the Christmas stuff and she pulls out like ornaments and how, I don't remember how she described it. But you guys are so Christmassy. Yeah, you can tell these kids aren't used to an old-fashioned feeling Christmas. Christmas. I was watching that going, you need more stuff in your house. That's not Christmassy enough. Where is all of your stuff? Do you I only have two boxes? I go a little excessive at Christmas time. I think you have what, like... You're counting nativity. my nativities, aren't I'm you? I'm trying to yep. think in my head and count how many nativities you have. Last count, I think it was at 15. Yeah. That doesn't count the nativity ornaments that hang on the tree. It also does not count the Playmobil one or mm. the, um, precious, the moments. precious Moments one that's the toy one. Yes. Not I, That counts the Precious Moments one that's the nice one. That does not count the toy plastic Precious Moments one. Right. But you have a lot of nativities. I like Christmas. I so, as Kelly is digging through this box, she finds their stockings. Oh. And she's all excited about these stockings. I don't think Kelly's used to having stockings hung up. No. So that was still a special thing for her. And so she's quoting the line, you know, the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nick would soon be there. And she's like super excited about she Christmas. She is. It's really cute. And it seems like the Walsh twins are kind of just at that like, oh, this is just normal. We're, we're over a little bit. I loved it when Jim and Cindy walked in. And they were talking about how, oh, you kids can never wait to put up those stockings. <laughs> and they are like, oh, it was like kind of that busted moment. It was pretty Ooh, funny. busted. When Jim and Cindy are standing there with the kids after they say that, they have this grand idea. Yes, because back in Minnesota, they used to do this big old Christmas Eve mm -hmm. shindig of getting all of their friends, all of their family, pack everybody into the Walshes and have a big Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah. And so Jim and Cindy think that it'd be fun to, as starting a new tradition, bring that to Beverly Hills. Yeah. So they invite all the kids plus their families. Yes. 
And then as the kids go around the room, Donna says that her family is going skiing in Mammoth for Christmas. Yes. And Which, again, that tells me a lot about their Christmas traditions. Yes. It's go to a place. Yeah. Kelly is having a big Christmas with Mel and David. So she actually has a big Christmas, but that's kind yes. of unusual. Yes. This sounds like the first time they've done this. Her Jackie, mom is cooking. Yeah. She's not really a chef. She's not a cook, but mm -mm. her mom's really excited to cook. And then Dylan has decided he's going to go visit his dad at the prison, which I was like, whoa. Ooh, Dylan's actually going to go see his dad. Yeah, that's Be really cool. Well, because his dad's been in jail since, what, midsummer? Yeah, I think so. Because that happened about midsummer. Early to midsummer, somewhere back in there. Yeah, and now it's Christmas time, and he still hasn't gone once to see his dad. But he's feeling nostalgic and he's got that Christmas spirit that he's trying to fight, but he's going to go and see he's his dad to deny it. But it's there. It's there. So then the scene changes over and Steve is at a Catholic hospital in New Mexico. Yes. And he's trying to get his mom's address. Funniest thing ever. Every time there's a hospital scene, what do we hear over the loudspeakers? Dr. Rosen. Dr. Rosen. Every single time. Every single time. Love it. So There's always a Dr. Rosen being paged. Yes. <laughs> so creators of the show, if for some reason you ever hear this, we love that little tidbit you added it's in there. It's so great. It makes me laugh every time, Dr. Rosen. And so then it makes me think every other doctor, whatever, that they page over the intercom. I kind of want to look and see, is that somebody else who's involved in the show? Is that show? somebody else? Is that somebody else? Because then later in this scene... They also page somebody else. Yes, they do. I want to. I want to go back and listen again and see if we'll I can have figure to go that out. Look. Anywho, <laughs> so Steve is trying to convince this nun who mm -hmm. is working the front desk to give him his his file. And she goes back to get it, but when she comes out, she's looking at his license. She's like, "I didn't realize you were under 18. I need you to get parent permission." And he's like, "I don't know my parent. That's why I need That's why this." I'm here. And so he's kind of this catch-22 where it's like he needs that file to be able to find his birth parent, but he has to talk to the person who in the file who's his birth parent before he can get the file. Yeah, so it's a weird catch-22. So he kind of like moves over to the... After well, trying to bribe the nun. He tries begging first. Tries begging. Then he tries bribing her. Yes. Then nuns he, can't be bribed. Nuns cannot be bribed. No. So he kind of does what I like to call the... Um, the Walsh pout, um, because I've seen Brenda do this a few times, where you yeah. kind of move away but still in sight, and he just sort of looks sad by the phone. I don't think he was doing it on purpose like Brenda often has done in the past. Maybe I think not. He, I really felt that moment. He was just truly so distraught. He didn't know what to do next. Yeah. And he didn't want to leave because he was like, I, he had that mindset of, I can't leave until I'm I have so this. Close. But he didn't know what else to do. So he just kind of just leans against this payphone on the wall there. And the nun is standing there watching him do this. Kind of, you can see this decision on her face. And she just goes, you can look at it. But I can't let it leave this counter. She softens. It's She's, so cute. It's so super cute. So yeah, so he gets to look at it. Yes. And he gets to see an address for his mom, Karen Brown. He's like giddy. So he gives the nun a big hug and thanks her. And a Merry Christmas. Oh, it was so precious. And he says, believe me, he'd be pleased. And he like points up. Yeah. And she kind of smiles like, well, I hope so. It was really it was cute. super sweet. I really like this new side that we're seeing of Steve. A little bit softer. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Less of the little playboy kind of attitude mm -hmm. and just more real and genuine. I think it also helps that he's very far from removed from what is familiar. Yes. So there's nothing familiar here. Nothing familiar. So then we are back at the peach pit. Yes. Back at the peach pit. Back to the peach pit. Back to the peach pit. Mm -hmm. You know, someday that's going to get old. And somebody's going to reach through the digital technology and smack us. <laughs> but it is not this day. Atta girl. Nat and Brandon are working. And they're both dolled up in like this little um, Christmas plaid type tie, bow tie. Oh, yeah. Santa hats. and Red aprons. Yes. It's the, super cute. The peach pit is like. Decked out. That's my vibe, man. Deck the halls. Love it. So they're working and they're just kind of doing their normal bustling around thing. And this homeless mm -hmm. looking guy comes in and he asks Brandon for Java on the house and food on the house. He's a little strapped. <laughs> I honestly, as soon as the guy came in, he did not give me any kind of vibes of someone just trying to pawn off a pawn a good meal. Yeah. He seemed like... He really needed this. Yeah. Of some kind. He seemed sad. So Brandon goes over and asks Nat... And Nat's like, yeah, usually... Is it starting already? Yeah, I guess he was saying that he normally does a free Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner every year. and On Christmas Day. And Brandon's like, why didn't you tell me? He looked almost offended. Yeah, he was like, you didn't tell me that you needed more help? He's like, oh, you spend the day with your family. He's like, like, if you're going to be here, I'm going to be here. I'm not leaving you on Christmas. So that was really cute. That was really Brandon sweet. Brandon is... Having this great Christmas Eve. He's working in the pit earlier on Christmas Eve day. Mm -hmm. But he is committing to going on Christmas Day to help Nat serve free food to homeless people that's who really come in. Cool. I thought that was really neat. And that's really cool of Nat to do that. It's I know such some, a Nat thing. It is such a Nat thing. And I feel like not as many places do stuff like that anymore. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. Mm -mm. So he gives him the food and the coffee. Yes. And Nat pulls out his Santa costume because now that he knows Brandon's going to be there tomorrow, he wants to show him, like, look what I wear every year. Look. Of course, Brandon teases him about, you know. Oh, you make a pretty good Santa Claus and packs Nat's belly. belly. <laughs> was funny. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? And Nat just kind of sits on the edge of the counter and goes back because there's an order up. He just has to go get stuff. Yes. And it was very interesting how they did the camera work in this one. They yes. very clearly showed this homeless guy looking at the Santa suit, and then it zooms in on the Santa suit. Yes, but then it cuts away. It cuts away. You're just like, why did it just do that? That's, That's weird. That's kind of weird. And so real quick, we go back to New Mexico, and we see Steve taking a cab to the address that he found at the hospital. Yes. There are no houses there anymore. There used to be a long time ago, is what the taxi driver tells him, but now it's like some kind of restaurant, bar yeah. kind of place. And Steve's just like, take me back to my hotel. He's so distraught and like... Dejected, I dejected. felt like. Yeah. Because he just... He, where does he go now? So then back to the peach pit, Andrea shows up. I feel like you need to talk about Andrea's entrance. So she comes... She's sitting at the like counter and she's kind of like flipping through the like little like music, the jukebox selection thing. Yeah. And then Brandon walks over and he's like, oh, hey... Leans over the counter and plants one on her lips. Just a nice little peck of a kiss right on the lips. Neither one of them acted like it was out of the normal. Or no. Just, and It was just they were very comfortable. Just, they just kiss. they kissed and then did... Um, what? I'm extremely confused still now about why did Brandon kiss Andrea on the lips? He doesn't do that with Donna or with Kelly. Mm -mm. 
Why? But yet they're not a thing. But yet they're not a thing. Yet he greets her with a oop peck on the lips. The kind of kiss you would give if you just saw somebody who you're you're dating or like yeah. when your dad walks in and I'm out and like he, like oh hey right. welcome home and just a quick I'm, I'm busy I'm doing this stuff quick kiss move on yeah yeah but they're not a thing so mm-hmm. I was confused by that but I decided to let it pass because then Andrea says that Christmas apparently bums her out that made me so sad inside but then I suddenly remembered oh wait she's Jewish <laughs> her dad is Jewish her mom is not but to keep the peace, they don't celebrate Hanukkah either. Nope, they don't celebrate either one. So she just has to exist in the holidays, surrounded by festive cheer. That made me so sad. I was like, you've never done either? You haven't even done yeah. Hanukkah? So Brandon invites her over. You know, come over to my house tonight then. My, my mom's doing this big thing. It's going to be great. She's for company. And he's, she's like, oh, my grandma and I go to the movies every year for Christmas Eve. It's kind of our tradition because there's nobody there. There's no lines. And the Nat comes out and asks Brandon, have you seen my Santa costume? And his Santa suit is missing. He said he set it on the counter, walked away to get an order, came back, and it was gone. And Andre's like, who would take a Santa suit? And then they cut to the homeless guy. Yep. Standing on, the, on a corner yep. in a Santa suit. Yep. Giving away candy canes. Giving away candy canes. He's not begging for money, though, which is what I would have expected from a yeah. homeless guy who's going to take a Santa No, suit. he was giving things away. He, he wasn't, was giving He things. wasn't asking for anything. No, he was giving away candy canes, which seemed odd. Then he goes into Brenda's work, and her boss immediately kicks him out. Immediately. It was sad. He's trying to, like, ooh, I should send these designs of this dress to my elves and Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was actually really cute. It was really cute. He's, he's a little off, but he's I love He's a little eccentric. Him. A little bit, but I like it. Yeah, me too. So back in New Mexico, we see Steve is at a payphone, like in a phone booth, mm-hmm. with a whole roll, $10 roll of quarters. One call is one quarter, man. And you just see him calling and calling and calling every Karen Brown on the phone book. Yes, they kind of fade out the quarters until there's just a handful left. Yeah. So you can see he's been standing there calling Karen Browns for a while. Yes. And, you know, is Karen Brown there? Or a relative of Karen Karen Brown. She she had a son or she had a baby about 17 years ago. And he's doing this repeatedly over and over and over. That is like discouraging. Discouraging, but diligent. I mean, he's just going after he is it. He's on a mission. We leave him just making more phone calls. Yes. We go back to Beverly Hills, and I love every time they're switching back and forth between the two, they show at first the Beverly Hills sign, and they come back to stuff, and they're often showing the New Mexico sign. Yeah, because there are two, there are characters in multiple places, yes. not just. Everybody's in different places in Beverly Hills. So I thought that was really cool. Especially these were two new places that our characters were at. Yeah. Because they were doing a really neat job of showing the transition between the two places. Definitely. So Brenda is there at her work and Dylan walks in. Mm-hmm. Dylan, I thought you had left. What, are you kidding me? Not saying goodbye? Hey, is it totally not professional to kiss you at work? Yes, it is. Who cares? <laughs> It's Christmas. Mm. And where did you get this? Some crazy old Santa Claus outside was handing him out. Probably poisoned. Oh, now that's the Christmas spirit. Tell me, Brim, what is the Christmas spirit in you? Go outside. People are shoving each other on the sidewalk. They're fighting for parking spaces to go spend money they don't even have. For what? 
Everybody's forgotten what it's all about. They even knew to begin with. Well, I haven't. No. I bet that you have. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas, Brad. Should I open it now? Yeah, whenever. Now. So, Dylan hands her this little, like, like the little jewelry box kind mm -hmm. of thing. And she opens it up, and it's this beautiful gold, like, half-heart necklace. Yep. She comments on how beautiful it is and then asks where the other half is. And Dylan pulls it out from, like, his shirt pocket or mm -hmm. something and sets it next to the other one to complete the heart, kind of showing that now they have cute little matching couple's necklaces. That is so cute. That's that the kind is... of thing I know a lot of girls will buy for guys, but for a guy to buy for a girl... That that is when you know it means something. Because right. girls will do that for any new best friend that they make. I, I raised two daughters. <laughs> I helped you guys shop for a lot of like half best friend coordinating, best friend coordinating earrings, necklaces, jewelry. bracelets. Jewelry of all kinds. Keychains. Rings. They exist, guys. Every anything, single kind. Anything you can imagine for best friends to have coordinating, I promise it exists. This is not, though, the kind that you would go to Claire's Boutique and buy. No. This is the kind that you went, he went to a jewelry store and bought this. This, this is, is nice. nice. It, it was very lovely. And very meaningful, too. So it's really yeah. sweet. But I do love his comment about what is the Christmas spirit anyway. Mm-hmm. Because obviously we have a different perspective on it with our beliefs and how Christmas is celebrating the birth of Christ. But there are a lot of people who Christmas is not as enjoyable yeah. as it once used to be well let's just say right now you and i are not the kind of people that just go buy stuff for the sake of buying stuff for people for christmas no. that's not my way but there are a lot of people like that yeah and so i'm with dylan on that that i don't agree with people who are pushing and shoving and you know just throwing money out there that they don't have if you can't afford to pay cash for it don't get it make something for make christmas. something find something special and meaningful like okay I'm going to tell a story about your soon-to-be brother-in-law's birthday. My mother-in-law, oh. Hannibal's grandma, is the best gift giver on planet Earth. Grandma is so good at giving gifts, guys. So Daniel, Abigail's fiancé, you guys have heard us talk about him before. His birthday was last month. And Hannibal and I were over visiting with grandma for a little bit. And we had mentioned that his birthday was coming up soon. Somehow she had remembered a conversation that Abigail had had with her months before that he's like that old farmer who collects random weird things and can't bring himself to throw it away. He collects bread clips. Yeah. Like those little square clips to close a loaf of bread. Abigail hates them. She breaks them and can't use them. I've taught her to use them. She can't figure it out. No. But Daniel, he thinks those are really cool. He collects them. He keeps them and uses them again and again and again. Not just on for other bread. things. On anything that needs to be sealed and closed. He uses them again. Which so, makes sense. Be useful. Yeah. Grandma had found at a rummage sale, somebody apparently thought that a whole entire baggie filled with these. Somebody could make a craft with these someday. My oh. mother-in-law bought them for Daniel. And then gave them to him for his birthday. Wrapped them and mailed them. He was so excited. It was his favorite gift, he told me later. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that my mother-in-law does that it didn't cost her hardly anything. I think she placed more on shipping. Probably. 
But but it was a meaningful gift it that was like, meant something to somebody. To that specific person, it was special. Right. Those are the kind of gifts I think mean the most. Just going out and throwing money at a wall. It doesn't mean the same no. thing. No, so I agree with Dylan in this in this moment. What is the Christmas spirit as people define it these days? Yeah. So anyhow, he leaves because there's some crazy shopping customers going on that Brenda has to deal with. A random This Karen. lady's outfit. Yes, she is like the Kareniest Karen around. She's upset because if this shirt is going to go on sale right after Christmas, I should be able to buy it at the sale price now. That's not how it works, honey. That's not how purchasing things works. And her outfit was like a, a top and a bottom that were the same pattern, but one was like white on black and the other half was black on white. Yeah, and had like, you know, good poofy shoulders and everything too. Well, yeah, duh. She had shoulder pads in. Duh. She knew how it was done. Duh. So, anywho, the, the scene goes back to New Mexico. Back to New Mexico. Steve is still at this payphone, dropping in quarters. But this time he reaches a man who's very suspicious acting when he asks about Karen Brown and says that... Like, what do you want? Yeah, and she's well, she gave up a son for adoption or she had a baby 17 years ago. I don't remember how he phrased it. Something. And he, I don't remember if he just, I think he just hung up on him. I don't think he said anything to Steve. I don't think so. The guy just hung up on him. And then the scene changes again. It's like, whoa, what's going on with Steve? They do show him circling that You're right, they did. Now. That Karen Brown, so he's in the public phone booth with the phone book that's public property, marking up the phone book. Yep. Hope no one ever wants to find a Karen Brown's phone number in that phone book, because they're all scratched out. So Except for one. Except for one. <laughs> that is circled. Yes. So over at Kelly and Jackie's, they're trying to cook. Attempting. They apparently burned the carrot soup. Cream of carrot soup. I've never had cream of carrot soup. That's a thing? Apparently. Anyhow. Kelly is um, whipping egg whites. She is. She is. And she's wondering why it's not doing anything yet. You have to keep it going for a while, girl. You get, Have patience. Just keep going. It'll and do it. I love that Jackie's just like, just keep going at it. And Jackie's acting like she knows what she's doing. And Kelly makes some kind of a Julia Childs reference. You know, what do you think? You're Julia Childs now? Or something <laughs> like that. And oh, yeah. I thought that was really cute. That There's their little playful banter back and forth. Yeah. They both really are sweet. happy. Yes. Which is wonderful to see. So nice to see. The doorbell rings. It's now. With flowers. And an apology. His soon-to-be ex-wife is insisting that he and David come and spend Christmas at her house. Not just David, but Mel and David. Yes, she's pulling this, I'm so depressed, my life is so awful, I need you. And he kind of has that guilt feeling, like he really should Obligation, do this. Obligation, yeah. almost. But Jackie is obviously just, like, not happy about this. I don't blame her, no. because... So you're coming over to tell your girlfriend that you're going to go and hang out with your soon-to-be ex-wife. Yeah. When they aren't finished getting divorced and you're going to go and spend Christmas with her? Yeah. That just seems wrong on so many levels. It is. And I think he just, it didn't, he didn't know. I don't think he really thought it through. I suspect that this woman has played his guilty conscience their whole marriage. Right. And he just was responding the way he's always responded. He's like, okay, give in to the guilty conscience. He, he was being guilted into this. Right. So she kicks him out, basically, and says, yep. go and have a good Christmas. Yep. I think she very bitterly tells him Merry Christmas. She does. It was fabulous. It was wonderful. But so that means that 
she's not going to be making a Ooh. whole big Christmas dinner. She and Kelly have this really sweet hug that was just very, like, Kelly consoling her mom. Kelly has been there for her mom through so much. Oh, yeah. Of, you know, alcohol and drug abuse and everything. But being there for her. At a regular old breakup. Yeah. Not even a breakup. Just an just, emotional moment without yeah. chemical dependency. Yeah. It was really sweet, actually. And I think it was really important to show that. Yeah. I like that they showed that. Mm -hmm. So back in New Mexico, we see Steve showing up in a cab to Brown's Cafe. That's the address that was on the in the phone book. Yes. It's this cute little diner. And yeah. as soon as he walks in, there's this old guy who kind of comes over to greet him. Yep. And it was, it was tense from the get-go. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah? Is this your place? <laughs> yes, it is. I'm the guy who called a little while ago. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't want to talk to you. Please, I need your help. I need to find Karen Brown. Just what are you after, kid? Do you know her or not? Yes, I know her. I'm her father. I'm her son. Well, uh, why don't we go and sit down? So, so sweet. What a sweet but yet unexpected mm -hmm. meeting of... I'm her father! I'm uh, her son. So it's like, Grandpa? And I think, I think this dude, who we find out his name is Al, yep. and, and Al just, I think, immediately feels bad for being mean. Yes, yeah, like, oh. oh, this was not the person I should be mean to. This is my grandson. Oh, no. So they sit down to have a little conversation. They do. And then the scene changes again. And then the scene changes again. There is quite a bit of jumping in this episode, but I think it was done in a in the right way. Yeah, it wasn't a ping-pongy way like other times. No. It was done very, like, it made sense. Yeah. It left a story spot where you're like, that's, that's reasonable. So leave me, leave me wondering what's about to happen and catch me up on what's going on elsewhere. They leave it's, here where it's like, yeah. oh, they're going to go and sit down. In past episodes where they've done that ping-pongy thing, it was like, wait, why did you, what do we, why do we back here? Why do we over there? It just felt so dis, I don't know, just so Disorienting. Crazy. Disorienting, thank you. That's yes. the word. This was done well. This was very nicely done. So we're back in Beverly Hills. Back in Beverly Hills. And Kelly comes to Brenda's work and she's telling her about Mel and what's going on. And Brenda invites them over for dinner. Kelly's still in her, like, casual clothes. Yep. I noticed. It was a flannel-looking shirt, but it was almost like a see-through flannel. It was you could like see, that. like, a tank top underneath of it. Yeah. It was much more casual than we usually see Kelly yes. out about. She was just there cooking with her mom and just left. Yeah. So while Kelly is there, this old man Santa comes in again. He's asking the girls, have you been naughty this year? Have you been nice this year? Have you year? been nice this year? And Kelly's like, unfortunately. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And Brenda's like, of course. And, and he's like, uh, Santa always knows if you're telling the truth. And it was really It was cute. cute, this little banter. And of course, then what does the boss do? Come over and kick him out again right away. Yes. So right across the street, go over to Tiffany's. This is how we knew that it was on Rodeo Drive. Yes, because she tells him to go across the street to bother the security guards over there. That's sad. This poor, sad old man Santa. He wasn't harassing anybody. He no. was truly just trying to spread happiness. He was just handing out candy mm -hmm. canes and just 
having fun being Santa. Well, then the scene changes to something that uh, before this episode, I don't think you were looking forward to seeing Emily Valentine again. I was But not. after you saw Emily Valentine again, how are you feeling now? I'm really glad to see where she's at. Yeah. Because it's for the best for her. Yeah. So she's at a, mental, a hospital. mental hospital. She has very few people that are on the list of allowed to come see her people. I'm pretty sure it's her parents and Brandon. Yeah. And so Brandon is going to go see her. And he give brings her a, a present. And so she first sees him and she's kind of awkward. Yes. She's not sure how to interact. And here again, a few weeks ago when we were talking about the the actress and Christine how she Louise. how she portrayed Emily's character. Mm-hmm. This was beautiful to see because you could see emotion. It wasn't just emotion sounding. Her face, she was actually expressing that. So it truly was. Yes. That was her character choice in that moment. And it was just so neat to see. Super cool to see. Her roots were completely dyed blonde again. So the last time we saw her, she looked a little disheveled because her roots were showing. She's even running her hand through her hair saying like, oh, I look like such a mess. And she wasn't doing it in a getting attention way. Just like out of a truly like, oh, I'm seeing people and I literally don't know what I look like right now. That was the vibe I got. Yeah. But Brandon was just so sweet about it. You could tell he wasn't coming there to see in a romantic aspect. No. It was just a friend that he felt he needed to go and spend some time with. Yeah. And so he gives her her present. And he wants her to open it in front of him. So she pulls out of this gift box the twins jersey yeah and she's she seems like really excited she's, yes. she's like, you're not getting it back you're not getting it back and he's like i know figured if you liked it so much you might as well have it i thought that was really cute and then he tells her to read the card mm-hmm. because she's kind of saying like oh well you didn't have to do this and you didn't have to come here and when he tells her to read the card it's a card from everybody from all of your friends at beverly hills and it's signed by everybody. And it's signed by everybody. It lists all the kids. So she thanks him. And he said they all would have come. But you just have this very restrictive visitor's policy. And he's yeah. like teasing her about it. It's really cute. It was really sweet. It was nice to see Emily doing well. And I think this was a good way to kind of send off her character officially. Yeah. Yeah. Because she I, comes back in future seasons. But now we know when she comes back. She's not going to be the same as... Yeah, she's got her mind under control a little bit better now. She's got her stuff figured out. So that was just really nice. She That was the only time she was in the entire episode. It was yep. just a little sprinkling in there. Just that's it. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. And then we go over to Kelly's house. Oh, goodness. This is the funniest. David stops by because now that he's realizing he's not going to be spending Christmas with them, he wants to bring Kelly the gift he got her. Which is really sweet. <sighs> Their interaction is the funniest It's the thing. best. There's such a sibling kind of relationship now. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I like your mom and I really wanted to spend Christmas with you guys. I thought you wanted your parents to get back together. Well, I do. But I just didn't want to see any... I didn't want to see you and your mom get hurt. I'm not my dad, you know. I know. Still friends? I guess. Why is I gonna have something for you? Uh, uh, don't open that in front of your mom. Why? It vibrates. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. I just, well, I'm just kidding. 
Oh my god! Such a sibling <laughs> moment. Don't open that in front of your mom. It vibrates. And it just... Her immediate reaction is, David! And she reels back to throw the gift at him. <laughs> Which is exactly what you do when your little sibling is being obnoxious. Yes. And he's got his like, long, gangly arms on. Just a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> and it was just really cute. This moment, I thought, was just such a poignant moment between these two. Mm -hmm. To show from where he used to be was the dorky little freshman obsessively. who was obsessively chasing Kelly. Like... And she was constantly just Almost berating Almost to the, like, creepy factor. Yeah. But to see how far they've come yeah. is really cool to see. It is really neat to see. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. So back in New Mexico, Steve is sitting down with his grandpa, and he's asking about his mom. He's wanting to meet her, and, well, if I, if I can just sit down and talk to her like I am with you right now, I, I'm sure she'll be able to handle that. I keep, I heard it the first time we were watching it, Al keeps saying was. Yeah. She was. She mm -hmm. was. She would have. And then he says she died. She died. In an auto accident. Last year, apparently. Yeah. It's fairly recent. That's why Al was so suspicious on the phone of somebody calling asking for her. Because he thought it was probably something like insurance. Insurance or, or a scammer of some kind. or Yeah. Trying to get life insurance out of her. Right. He's just trying to be protective. Exactly. And he's, as a dad, he's still hurting. He lost his child. That's sad. So he tells Steve all about the accident, and Steve just looks crushed. Like, because almost physically. You can just see his physical form just shrinks. Because now he knows he's never going to get mm -mm. to meet her. Nope. So time to cheer up a little bit. Back at the Walshes. Back at the Walshes. Jim and Brandon are talking about a surprise that they worry might make Cindy homesick. I missed this the first time we watched it through together. I did too. When I was pulling clips and I heard them say that, I'm like, oh, that's... They were we'll talk about the, They were early. hinting at it and I didn't realize it. Yeah. We'll talk about the surprise later. It was wonderful. And Jim is also practicing his keyboard. Yes, he is. Oh, the keyboard. Then the doorbell rings and we have surprise guest number one. I suppose he told you where he was going. Yeah, he did. I never should have let him go. He was so adamant, so insisted on finding his real mother that I thought standing in his way would only make things worse. What an idiot. I'm sure he'll call tonight or tomorrow at the latest. I mean, it's, it's not like Steve did not call you on Christmas. I can't believe it either. I mean, nobody celebrates Christmas like I do. When Steve was little, he used to have so many presents to open that by the time he got through them all, he was too exhausted to play with anything. Maybe that's it. Maybe I gave him too many presents. Because whatever I did, it just backfired. That's not true. I know Steve. He's a wonderful boy. He's, he's funny and warm. I had everything to do with that. Maybe. Look, I, I don't want to burden you with this on Christmas Eve. You'll let me know if he calls, won't you? I'll just be at home. No, you won't. You're staying right here for Christmas. No, I, I couldn't. I really should be there in case he calls. Please, I insist. Just for dinner. All right. Man, Cindy Walsh, you're the best. Cindy is the best mom to even the other moms. Yes. Because this is Samantha. She's thinking she's just going to go home and just sit at home in her giant house all by herself. Sad, lonely, waiting, hoping that Steve calls. And here's the thing. If Steve called his house, 
and there was nobody there. What would his next thing to be if he was calling? His call next the Walshes. Call would be the Walshes. So you're in mom. the perfect place, Mama Bear. Exactly. You're fine. And so Cindy insists that she stay so she's not alone on Christmas, which is really sweet. And Cindy, I think, is also really excited because now... She has more people to feed. Because just before this clip started, she had told the boys, the boys meaning Jim and Brandon, I have a 22-pound turkey cooking. I hope you like leftovers. You're going to be eating turkey for weeks. So this is good. There's an extra mouth to help eat the turkey. Yes. Well, scene changes back to Steve, and it shows him at his mom's grave. He's dropping off flowers, which means that he had to go and get flowers. Yeah, but he's there with Al. his now grandpa, with yes. Al. Who I'm going to call his grandpa just because it makes me really feel all warm and fuzzy inside. That's cute. I always thought if I met my real mom, maybe things would be different. That I'd figure out where I fit in. It was a tough decision she made, giving up her baby. I just wish I would have known her, at least met her. Oh, she's part of you. She's in you. So maybe in 50 years I'll look like you, huh? If you're lucky. You know, I never did have a grandfather. Would you be my grandfather now? It'll be my pleasure. And we'll keep in touch. I'll send you cards and maybe someday you'll come visit me in L.A. Sure thing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, he has a grandpa. He has a grandpa, which, I mean, I hadn't thought about that, but it's true. He's never had grandparents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess Samantha's parents were never, maybe they've already passed away a long maybe. time ago. It's very possible. Yeah. And so, but now he has a grandpa yeah. and Al has a grandson mm -hmm. that he can tell, he can tell Steve stories about Karen and. I don't know if Al comes back again, but I, I hope so. To me, Al is to Steve, and I'm going to imagine he comes back again, like that one little boy and Brandon, when the little boy who tried yeah. to rob him the register. I'm going to, in my mind, I like to still tell myself that the Brandon boy, still goes and hangs out with him. Yeah, well, the boy who tried to steal from the register, and also the boy that he was the big brother for. I'm imagining that Brandon still spends time with him. He still reaches out to them. I hope so. They may not come up in the show, but... In my headcanon... I'm so glad you just used a nerd term. Headcanon. Thank you. Yes. In my headcanon, that is a thing. The same as whether and it ever happens or not, in my headcanon, Steve and Al, they carry on a relationship. Yes. Al comes and visits him in LA and Steve goes back to New Mexico to visit him. Okay. Before I start crying. Okay. We're going to go back to Beverly Hills. Brenda is leaving her work. And boss is locking up and going one way, and Brenda looks over the other way and sees the old man Santa again getting questioned by police. Two police officers. And like you can tell they're thinking he's just some crazy homeless guy. We've gotten reports about you from the store here. Brenda comes over and stands up for him. She's like, I That's work in that store. That He was not harassing anybody. He's with me. I didn't think the police made it their business on Christmas to bother Santa Claus. So she invites him over for dinner. Which is so sweet. And so she like Brenda. takes his arm and, and yeah. he says, can my reindeer be parked up on your roof? <laughs> and she's like, as, you know, as long as you use the front door. My dad has this thing about strange men coming down our chimney. And he kind of laughs. It was huge. She's, she's letting, playing into the whole yeah. Santa thing. And I love that. Because he is Santa. He is Santa. This guy is Santa. This is Santa, guys. I believe it by the end of this episode. It's Santa. 
So over the Walshes, Samantha's wanting to help Cindy, but Cindy's pretty much got it all under control because it's Cindy. Yeah. It's kind of like when someone tries to step into the kitchen with us. Yeah. I'm like, can I help you with anything? It's like, I got it. It's it's easy. It's fine. I got it. You just stand there and talk to me. We're good. It's all good. But then Brenda gets home. She comes in that kitchen door and surprise guest number two has arrived. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jim Walsh. Uh, St. Nick. St. Nick. Dad, um, do you guys mind if he stays for dinner? Brenda, who is he? Well, I sort of found him outside the store. I felt really bad for him. He's this really sweet guy and he has nowhere to go tonight. Excuse us. Uh, me too. Brenda, you can't just bring some strange guy off the street home for dinner. Why not? Look, it is Christmas. And he is Santa Claus. Well, who knows who's lurking under that beard? My instincts tell me that he's harmless. Oh, that makes me feel a lot better. So then the doorbell rings again, and almost right away... Surprise guest number three! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! What, Jackie, Kelly, what a surprise! Brenda, you didn't tell your mom we were coming? I haven't gotten around to it yet. Is it all right? Oh, of course, of course. I just thought you were having Christmas dinner with Mel. Mel? Mel who? What happened? Mel decided to spend Christmas Eve with his ex at the last minute. I'm sorry. I have survived worse. Oh. Okay, two more for dinner. Three. All right, three. Cindy looks giddy that she's got, like, all these people to feed. It's oh, so yeah. cute. And I love Brenda's little, like, um, three? And then, okay, Santa can stay. <laughs> yes. So, but Christmas Eve dinner now, we have Jim and Cindy, Brandon, Brenda. Santa, Jackie, Kelly. Jackie, Kelly. Santa. Santa. Samantha. Samantha. So, this little, mm -hmm. so we have doubled in size now. Already. Yes, and I feel this, Cindy. Oh, it's beginning to feel like a real Christmas. So cute. So, Cindy, she I love it. She is psyched to have guests. Yes. Let's go and take our break here. Yes, because this has been a long chat yes. so far. My voice is getting a little scratchy. I need more liquid. I need to go drink some tea. We'll see you guys in a bit. All right, we are back from break. We're back. And to start with, we will drop the info on where you guys can find us online if you have not already. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. And we also have our blog, which is back to the number, not the word, back to the peach pit dot weebly dot com. Yep. And you can find us on all of our socials at back to the peach pit. Yep. And then we also have that Patreon we've mentioned a few other times before. Yes. As well as the anchor sponsored listeners. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to toss a few dollars in, great. If not, Cool. We'll still be here either way. Absolutely. And if you guys want to drop a comment on any of those socials or on the blog, just something you're thinking about, something yeah. you wish we would touch on, or something we did touch on that you want to join the conversation, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're one of those few people out there, like my husband, <laughs> who doesn't do social media, you can also just email us. Keep us simple. We're cool with that, too. Back to the peach pit at gmail.com. Yes. All right, let's get back to this here because we have a lot more to talk about. Yes. I know the episode has already gone long. Sorry, guys. But not that sorry because this is a really fun episode to talk about. <laughs> it really is. And we did warn you at the beginning. We did give you guys warning. <laughs> now, 
As you probably have already noticed, this has been a very clip-heavy episode. It is going to continue to be a very clip-heavy episode. A lot of that is just because... With there's having, a lot to clip. There's a lot to clip. With having an episode that's so long on the actual show, you guys are going to get bored if you just hear us talking about it the whole time. Right. And some of it is just so fun to hear. Like all of the surprise guests. Yes, we have arrivals. more surprise guests coming up still. So we come back to the show and we first start off in New Mexico and Steve is running across this small airfield. Comes up to a guy next to an airplane who kind of slightly resembles old man Santa. And upon looking it up, it's the same guy. This, every, is, just, this is Santa. Yeah, every time Santa is shown in this episode, it's, it's this guy. It's the same guy. This like is Like we said earlier. He is Santa. Yes. So Steve manages to bribe his way onto this plane. Yes. He pulls out a wad of cash. Like pretty much all the cash that he had Hundreds left. and hundreds of dollars he had left. And this dude's like, whoa. Oh. Okay, whoa. I'll fly you. So and then they cut to them in the plane and he's going, on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer. And Steve's like, could you cut it out with the reindeer stuff? Making me a little nervous there. But then he just continues <laughs> he's, with the reindeer he's going. stuff. Because <laughs> he's Santa. Duh. Duh. Ah, oh, what are we going to get out through our heads? Oh my goodness. So back at the Walsh house, we get surprise guest number four shows up. Merry Christmas. Andrea, how nice to see you. Well, I told Brandon I might drop by. Oh, here, my grandmother made you a brisket. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry, Andrea. This is Mrs. Sanders, Steve's mom. I've heard a lot about you. Yeah? <laughs> Excuse me. Andrea. Hi, Brandon. I'm glad you could make it. Well, I've never been to a real Christmas dinner before, and I'm dying to try some of that plum pudding. Ugh, I hate plum pudding. Hey, everybody, look who's here. Merry Christmas. So the group is growing very rapidly. Yes, Andrea has now joined the party for her very first Christmas dinner. That was really sweet. Yeah. And her grandma made them a brisket. I hope this doesn't come across too stereotypical, but... I've had many, many, many Jewish friends over the years. My grandma made you a brisket is the most Jewish sentence <laughs> that you can say that's non-religious but Jewish sentence. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> I could hear Corey saying that. My friend from back in Arizona. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually. Couldn't you hear Corey walking up? My grandma made you a brisket. And she hands you a brisket. Or James. Or Exactly. Yeah, that makes complete sense, actually. Right? <laughs> But I love that then she's like, ooh, I want to try plum pudding. And his, He's like, ugh, ugh, plum pudding. I hate plum pudding. But to her, it's a new, exciting thing that she's never had before. Exactly. So she's going to have her first Christmas. I thought that was really cute. Which is really cute. So then over at the prison, Dylan is there waiting for his dad. And guess who walks by and gives him a candy cane? Santa. The same Santa. The same Santa. He is wearing a different Santa costume in each scene. Yes. But it is the same Santa. It is the same Santa, which is so funny. I loved that. Like, there's there's homeless Santa, there's plain Santa, and now there's prison Santa. And when she says plain Santa, she means airplane Santa, not like plain boring Santa. Clarifying Correct. the type of plane you're speaking of. P-L-A-N-E. Yes. yes, of course. <laughs> Would not want to get confused. Yes. Now we're prison Santa. Yes. But then his dad comes in, and it's kind of immediately tense. Oh, yeah. But then... His dad sits down and... He softens. He's very... He's a lot softer than when we last saw Jack. Yeah. Now, it is a different actor who's playing Jack. Yes. This is the same... This actor plays Jack from now on. 
Yes, which it did take me a second real quick because I we haven't seen Jack that many times. No. And it was a different actor every other time before this. Yeah. So. But this Jack, when I think of Jack McKay, this is the guy I think of. Yeah. But so he and Dylan have this very sweet conversation. Yeah. He talks about how he's always made fun of people who meditates. And Dylan's like, you mean like mom? And his dad's saying, yeah, I always thought it was something weak. I always thought it was not a good thing, but now it's like all I do. Yeah. So you're starting to see the softer side of Jack McKay. He's a lot more thoughtful. Yes. Which is basically making him a little bit more like Dylan. Mm-hmm. In yeah. In a lot of ways. For sure. Oh, their conversation just melts my heart. Mm-hmm. There's some food in there. Something fancy. Maybe we could uh, have dinner. Do you still have that girlfriend? Brenda. Yes, I do. Now you go have Christmas with her, Dylan. Why? Because you have given me probably the greatest Christmas present that I could ever ask for. More than I deserve. Now you go make yourself happy. Dad, I'm here for you. Brent's got her own family. I don't want you to be alone. Hey. I'm not alone anymore. Merry Christmas, son. Merry Christmas, Dad. Oh. He calls him Dad. That's the first time that he's called Jack Dad to his face. Without being, can... like, sarcastic, he's him my father and my father jack or dad it's always in a mocking tone but this was sincere it was it was so sweet oh. but i mean now dylan showed up with this paper bag filled with some food in the bottom and stuff yeah nothing fancy but he was gonna have dinner a little christmas dinner yeah and it's... jack insisted no go spend christmas with people you want to spend time with it meant a lot to jack that dylan just came to see him even yeah he because as he says when he first walks up, he never thought that he would see Dylan there. I thought it was really sweet when Dylan was explaining at the beginning when he first walked up to see his dad that I I was going to leave you all alone here because I was remembering back to all of those Christmases that I was home alone without you when you maid. were with the maid when you were off with your girlfriends somewhere in the, in Bahamas, the Bahamas or somewhere else. And I wanted you to be lonely like that, too. But then I thought about how much it hurt. And I couldn't do that. And so he was, like, being the bigger person here. For sure. And I think his dad was really touched by that. I think so. It was so so sweet. It was super sweet. Okay, before I start crying, we need to move on. Before we cry. (laughs) So back at the Walsh's, Santa starts giving out expensive gifts. Like Tiffany's boxes. And jewelry. And... Jim and Cindy start thinking, has he stolen all this stuff? And Cindy's like, I'm going to go count the silver. But she has to stop and answer the door because surprise guest number five has arrived. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mel Silver. I think you know my son. Yes, of course. Come on in. Hi, David. Uh, is Jackie here? Hello, Mel. Could I talk to you alone? I'm really sorry, Jackie. I screwed up. I really blew it. You sure did. I made a stupid, stupid mistake. I just want to... I thought she was in trouble. That I owed it to her to be there. 
but you can't hold on forever. There's a, a point where when you separate, you just got to really separate. I'm sorry it didn't work out for you. I never went. I just drove around torturing myself, feeling like a jerk until it hit me. You're the one I want to be with, Jackie. I love you. I'm really in love with you, Jackie. What happened? Uh, well, he thought my mom was in trouble and he owed it to her to be there, but he can't hold on forever. There's a point where when you separate, you just gotta separate. So, uh, he never went. He drove around for a little while, torturing himself, doing like a jerk. And then it hit him. Okay, David. That's enough. Merry Christmas, Kelly. Merry Christmas, David. So sweet. He, he's not just, I love you, but... Really in love with you. Yeah. That is so sweet. And then I love David just like straight up like, oh, older sibling has shown up. Let me recap everything that just happened. <laughs> that was the cutest. And then Mel and Jackie say Merry Christmas to each other's kids. It's just is, a sweet moment. It's really starting to come together showing the Silvers and the Taylors kind of becoming yeah. a whole pack, which is really cool. Almost immediately after they say Merry Christmas to each other's kids, the doorbell rings again. again. And it is surprise guest number six. Number six. Well, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Well, there is no snow in Mammoth, so we can help. Oh, my goodness. And I thought we were just going to have a quiet little Christmas. Oh, well, I can leave if you want. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Donna. Just come on in and join the party. I just got to go upstairs and check out something. Hi. Hi. Excuse me? So, first of all, I do want to mention... This is one of the moments where you were very Donna-like. Yeah, I when, feel Oh, I that. thought we were just going to have a quiet little Christmas. Oh, I, I can, can leave. leave. No, 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 no. That's not at all what Cindy's saying, Donna. People <laughs> who do that little sheepish, well, I can leave. It's like, shush it. I want you here. I was just uh, stating how it was and how it is. But I don't want to intrude. You're very cute. But then when David and Donna are standing there... Hi, hi, just all cute and sheepish like. Kelly dips out like, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> kind of attitude. That was pretty funny. <laughs> so David and Donna end up right there standing under the mistletoe, which people in the living room point out to them. Immediately, Brandon's like, oh, careful where you're standing. I did take a picture of that moment that I'll put on the blog. It's so cute because David immediately starts blushing. Like, okay, what I'm sitting thinking is there's no way that that was, like, fake blushing. No, you can't fake a blush. No, he was, I mean, so Brian Austin Green was blushing. Because the thing is, is that when you do an on-screen kiss, you don't just kiss once. You kiss yeah. 17 times at least was so to get cute. every angle. So he's probably had to stand under that mistletoe at least a couple times. To kiss Donna. And his cheeks were like so flushed his and blushing. His ears were all red. Oh, it was so cute. Oh my gosh. So then Samantha decides she's going to go home in case Steve calls. So she's eating dinner. She thanks Cindy, but she's she just got to go. I can understand. I understand where she's coming from. Yeah, she's just anxious to know what's going on with him. So that last clip we heard um, Cindy says that she needs to go check on something upstairs. Yeah. So she's up there checking on her jewelry. Because she's still searching and seeing if 
homeless Santa was stealing anything. Yeah. And she opens up the drawer, one of the drawers in her bedroom, and her engagement ring is gone. And she starts panicking. She calls Jim up. She's freaking out to him. She goes over and starts dialing the police. But then Jim stops her and... Takes the phone from her. Takes the phone from her. Because you can't call the police on Santa. No, that's the naughtiest thing to do. Right? Is to call the police on Santa. So he takes the phone from her and then pulls out this little jewelry box. What's this? Well, open it. I was going to wait until tomorrow, but uh, under the circumstances. I took it to the jeweler to have it reset over a week ago. <laughs> I didn't even notice it was gone. I only took it off because the stone was loose. I hardly recognize it. It's just gorgeous. Well, when I asked you to marry me, you couldn't afford much, so I always promised myself that if I ever had the money, I'd make up for it and give you something special. Oh, Jim, you didn't have to. But I love it. And I love you too. And I love you too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sweetheart. Oh, I feel like such a grinch. Why? Suspecting that poor sweet man stealing my jewelry. I don't blame you. He's a little hard to figure out. Let's not try. I mean, just for tonight, I'm going to stay naive and pretend that people are honest and it's a safe world we live in. And there really is a Santa Claus and he's sitting in our living room right now. Why not? Gotta spend Christmas Eve somewhere. Oh, Cindy. So she cute. is just so sweet. Of course, before this clip, she'd meet, she'd been calling this man like like a creep or something along those mm -hmm. lines and then suddenly he's a poor sweet, sweet old man. man. Exactly. Oh, Cindy. Oh, yeah. I love that she calls herself a Grinch. I'm such a Grinch. Oh, yeah. So, Santa did not steal the engagement nope. ring. He nope. hasn't stolen anything. As far as house. we know. As far as we know. He hasn't stolen anything from the house. We still wonder about the Santa suit. We still wonder about the Santa suit. And the expensive gifts. And the expensive gifts. But up until this point, now, Cindy has her gift, and there's guests He's filling the house. Definitely, Jim upgraded that diamond. He upgraded that diamond. Yes. I think which he added really a couple cute. stones, yeah, too. Yeah, it, it looked like there was definitely more to it than there once was. Yeah, which is a really sweet gift. So, Samantha heads home, and we get to see her arriving at home. She steps in the house, and she's immediately, like, sad-looking. And then she hears a TV on somewhere in the house. Because it's a quiet house, and she just hears a TV in the distance. She's like, Steve? And she goes running up to his room. Now, before I start talking about this, get Hannah, get your tissue out. Oh. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times I play this clip. It's made Hannah tear up every time. It's quite adorable. My eyes are just leaking, okay? <laughs> so there might be some dust flying through the air about the time I play this clip. Mm-hmm. But he apologized to her, they hug, and it's just this really special bonding moment. I'm sorry, Mom. I know. But you're here now. I had to do it. I had to find out who my real mom was. And was she everything you expected? Everything and more. I see. Let me tell you about her. She's... She's beautiful. And she's caring. 
and she created me out of her love. Seventeen years of it. With her busy life, she always made sure I was as happy as I could be. She always tried to show me to do the right thing. She was always there for me when I didn't. Gave me everything I ever wanted, probably more than I deserved. And no matter what, she always let me know how much she loved me. I'm sorry I had to go so far away to find you, Mom. Gorgeous. I'm just so glad you're back. Oh, I'm not tearing up at all. I'm fine. We're gonna give Hannah a moment here. She's gotta wipe <clears> the <throat> dust from her eyes. <laughs> this room is dusty. There's sto things being stored in here that have been in here for years. They just you gotta dust in here, Mom. <laughs> but for real, that is such a sweet moment. I'm sorry I had to go so far away to find you. Oh. That line. Oh, it's so... Darren Starr, you are amazing. And the delivery on oh. Ryan Zering's part. Beautiful. Bravo. I love when he starts off and he said, I had to find out who my real mom was. Yep. He continues using that real mom word like he'd been using this whole time. And then he starts describing Samantha. And, of course, she's sitting there at first thinking, okay, he's describing this woman. She's beautiful, great. And, and he starts talking about the catchphrases that they've used together. Created me out of your love mm -hmm. for, you know, 17 years of it. And she's like, wait, that's That's when me. she kind of, like, sits up, like, stands up straighter a little bit, like, wait. It was so precious. So precious. Basically saying it doesn't matter who his birth mother is. Samantha's his real mom. So true. Yeah. So true. Oh, so cute. So before Hannah starts crying even more, we're going to go back to the Walsh house here. That's good. And <laughs> Donna is sitting on Santa's lap. There was a little part of me that was like, okay, that is just a stranger. But it's, it's Santa. also Santa. Yep. So there was a part of my brain that went like real world and was like, that's a stranger. Don't sit on a stranger's lap. But then I was like, She's in the Santa. Walsh house with everybody around. Yeah. It's fine. And it's Santa. And it's Donna. And it's Santa. And it's Santa. You can sit on Santa's lap. So she explains how she's kind of gets bummed out at Christmas time. That her birthday is on Christmas Day, and everyone always forgets it. And it just kind of bums her out because they either give her a birthday present or a Christmas present. She and they say get... it's the other one. And yeah. Or she's... I guess it works for both. And so she's just kind of a little bummed out about all that. And the, the room immediately starts singing Happy Birthday. Santa leads the room in Happy Birthday. Everyone like. David and Brandon like stand up and are like back to back with the arms out. Total theater kid style Happy singing. Birthday. It was fabulous. Oh yeah. And then the doorbell rings again and we have surprise guest number seven. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Brad. Dad, I can't believe you're here. How's your dad? Um He's good. He's he's doing real good. It's nice to see the Christmas spirit finally uh, penetrate the McKay. Mom, Dad, get us here. We see. Oh. Merry Christmas, Dylan. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas, Dylan. Okay, so I left the slap, slap, slaps in there because Dylan reaches out for a handshake to Jim and Jim pulls him in for that bro hug with a back pat yes, that guys the man do. Pat. 
It's just so sweet. It's the man pat. And let me tell you, no matter what dude it is, if two dudes are hugging, it's always two pats. Two yes. hard pats. I don't understand why. I don't get it. It's a dude thing. It's a dude thing. Whatever. It's yeah. sweet. And it's just, they have their little moment. Men showing affection. I love it. <laughs> it's great. And then we see Andrea going on and on to Santa about how she's never believed in Santa and you know, she, even as a little kid, she didn't. And Santa's looking a tad bit overwhelmed, but he's and then Santa. Dylan walks in the room and's like, "You look familiar. Did I see you earlier today?" Everyone suddenly wants to know who he really is. Just who are you, anyway? What's wrong? Doesn't anybody believe in Santa anymore? Oh come on, this is Beverly Hill. There's a Santa lurking around every corner. You just have to know where to find him. Kelly. I wanted to know what happened to the magic of Christmas. I didn't believe it existed anymore. You see, for over 40 years, Mrs. Claus and I lived in a big house high up on the hill. And she made the most wonderful Christmas dinner. We had a big tree with loads of presents for lots of little elves. But the elves grew up and they moved away. Some of them far away and had elves of their own. Santa used to visit them UPS, and Mrs. Claus always made sure they got their gifts on time. And even though it was only she and Santa left in this big house, she still made the most splendid Christmas dinners. But last year, Mrs. Claus died. And as far as I was concerned, Christmas died with her. I wanted to pretend that Christmas didn't exist anymore. But something inside of me told me to go looking for it anyway. <laughs> I was beginning to believe the only place Santa belonged in this town was in jail. Until that girl took in a lonely old man for dinner. Thank you, Brenda for making me believe again in the spirit of Christmas. You're welcome. So we learn Santa is actually a very wealthy man who lived high up on the hill. High up on the hill. And from what I remember, the one time I drove through the area, the well, higher I was you in go. the passenger seat, not driving, but yeah. Yes, the higher you go on Beverly Hills, the more expensive the houses get. So he lived high up on the hill Which... with his wife and all of his kids and... Kids moved away and had their own kids, and wife died, and he's just lonely. He's a sad, lonely man yeah. who wanted to understand if there was still magic at Christmas time. Yeah. And I think the whole homeless thing might have been a little bit of a disguise. I definitely think it was a disguise. I think that it was, yeah. like he said, he was he went out searching to see if he could find Christmas you know, spirit he, anywhere. He went to a restaurant he knows offers free dinners for homeless mm -hmm. people at Christmas, and asked for a free meal to see what kind of treatment does that service get. And wandering around handing out candy canes to try and cheer people up. So the only real question we still have about this Santa is Nat's Santa suit that went missing at the beginning. Yes. Is that what this guy is wearing? Doorbell rings again. And Brandon jumps up and says, I don't know who that could be. Everyone we know is already here. I thought that was hilarious because literally other than Steve and his mom. Yes. It's true. <laughs> If we count up everybody, we have the Silvers, the Taylors, Donna, Andrea, the Walshes, Dylan. Santa. Yeah, that's everyone. That's everyone. 
Yeah. So it is kind of funny. So they open the door. It's Nat and his friends coming to sing Christmas carols to everybody. Yes. They're caroling. How adorable is that? That is precious. And I love Christmas caroling. We should go Christmas caroling this I year. I think I'm going to institute that in our church again this year. It's <gasps> been so long since we've done it. We should totally do church Christmas caroling. Yes. Anyway, sidetracked. Okay, anywho, back <laughs> anywho. on track. And so after they finish their little song, they do the classic We Wish You a Merry Christmas yep. thing. They all pull Nat inside. He's like, you have to come in and stay for He's a bit. Like, no, no, we have other houses to get to. Brandon physically drags him in the door. He tells his friends, you guys go ahead. I'll catch up with you down the street. And then Santa comes to shake his hand and wish him a Merry Christmas. When he sees Santa, he's like, he's suddenly reminded, like, oh, that reminds me, Brandon. I found my Santa suit. The busboy had seen it there and put it under the counter. So Santa didn't steal the Santa suit. Nope. This is his Santa suit. So this is Santa, guys. Yeah. He has been in multiple locations in different Santa suits that fit the situation. He is Santa. He is Santa. Everyone gathers around Jim's keyboard to sing together. And he starts playing White Christmas, just with those first few notes, and Brandon sneaks off. And so he runs outside. He starts this little machine. A snow machine. They rented a snow machine so Cindy could have snow out the window for Christmas. That was her that was him and Jim's big surprise that they had for her, that they were worried was gonna make her too homesick so while everyone is standing around the keyboard everybody's singing white christmas together yep they pan over to the window and there's snow falling and cindy sees it oh my goodness sakes that is oh the most God. special thing that is and that's that's a really sweet gift. So thoughtful and personal. Mm -hmm. Because to her, that just gave her that feeling that of means Christmas. everything. Yep. Oh, yeah. So now they have a snow machine outside. And as they're, as Brandon's standing there waving the snow machine at the house, Steve pulls up. With his, his mom. With his mom. And so Brandon kind of hooks the snow machine up. So it just kind of auto sprays towards the window. Mm -hmm. He goes over to say hi to... Surprise, surprise guest number eight. eight. Brandon, what's going on here? I don't know, man. You tell me. He was waiting for me when I got home, wondering where I had been. Can you imagine? Merry Christmas, buddy. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, man. It's great uh, to be home. It really is. You know what else? What? I'm starving. Well, come on. You came to the right place. I love that you can still hear them singing in the background. Yeah. Because it's still just the other side of that same window. scene and window of what's going on. Yeah. They're still in there singing White Christmas, and so... Brandon and the Sanders yep. go inside and everyone's all together. And that's how it ends is... They kind of just pan across the mm -hmm. whole group singing White Christmas. Very classic to any mo Christmas oh, movie that yeah, has White completely. Christmas in it. And then they show the tree with the snow falling out the window as they all finish the song. Yeah, and it's really sweet. I kind of took a video of it. Okay. So I can pull maybe multiple pictures to show the different groupings. Yeah. And I'll probably just do a collage on the blog of all that. Definitely. To show that, because honestly, this is the very first time we have all of what I would call our main characters. Yeah, because you've got the parents, you've got Nat, you've got everybody. Everybody right is here. here. Yeah, it's all really together. special. And so that was a really neat way to end the Christmas special episode. Which I absolutely loved this episode. All right. 
Carry it on, Hannibal. We are at the point now. I want to hear your thoughts and your rating. So, obviously, I really enjoyed this episode. Not just because it's about Christmas, because I love Christmas. Yeah. But also because they really captured that, like, that, like Santa's talking about, that Christmas magic. Mm -hmm. Of, like, spending time with your loved ones and, you know, learning new things about yourself and decorating together and having weird mishaps. That is all, <laughs> that is all part of Christmas to me. It there is. There is always at least one mishap over Christmas. What? No. No. We've never had to spray paint our tree, but we have had, you know, makeshift dinner plans because the oven died. Why in the world do things like that happen on Christmas and Thanksgiving? Because it makes stories. My oven has died on Thanksgiving Day. My refrigerator has died on Christmas Day. And then another year, the oven broke on Christmas. Was <laughs> it the, the coil at the bottom? Like, I just turned it on to preheat, and it just went... Sparks are flying everywhere. Yeah, that was fun. fun. But see, that's the thing is that those are the stories you tell at future yeah. Christmases about all the mishaps that you had at previous Christmases. <laughs> so I think they did a really good job capturing all of those bits and pieces of what the Christmas season is about for a lot of people. Yeah. So I rated this one a nine. Nice, nice. Yes. Very good, very good. Yes, I rated this one a nine because I don't know how it can get much better than this. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. What about you, Mom? Okay, I'm also a major Christmas fan, as I'm sure everyone listening in the last hour and a half has figured out. <laughs> I love Christmas. Same. It is my favorite time of year for so many, so many reasons. Mm -hmm. And I agree, they did a beautiful job of showing that, of showing those emotional highs and lows. There are a lot of people that Christmas brings about those emotional lows that mm -hmm. Steve was going through and that I wish I knew this person or I wish this person was in my life. And it brings that sadness to a lot of people. Yeah. But if people really open their eyes and realize, it helps them also see all the good that's in their lives. When Steve saw for real who his real mom is. Mm -hmm. And I am Cindy at Christmas time. I admit it wholeheartedly. No, not you. Yeah. It's not like the second it's November 1st, you pull out every nativity you own. Yeah. I have some Christmas stuff that never got put away last year that if you sneak around the house, you might see a Christmas thing here or there. Oh, I know. Cool. I'm that person that... nativity on one of the living room tables. Yep. Yep. I'm that person that watches <laughs> White Christmas at least five or six times a year before the Christmas season begins. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I watched it all summer. I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in myself. I haven't watched it since the beginning of June. Oh my goodness. What am I going to do with myself? Watch it again. I love Christmas. I love how they wrote this episode. I love how the characters all portray this episode. They even brought back Emily Valentine in a way that made me go, I forgive her and I can accept moving yeah. on. Yeah. It was wonderful. And they explained why we didn't have a Christmas episode in season one. Exactly. We forgot to talk about that earlier. Yeah. I loved that because every show has the Christmas episode, the holiday special kind of thing. Season one didn't have one, but no. then they explain in this episode, oh, we went to your mother's last year for Christmas. It was such a subtle little slip in there that it was easy to overlook, but at the same time, so well done. Yeah. It explained why there wasn't one last year. But now it makes us go... You set the standard high. You're going to have to have a good Christmas episode every year now. Oh, yeah. So for this episode, I also rated it a 9. Ooh, we're back to having the same yes. ratings. I know last week I was a 9.5, but because there was so much bigness of that episode that yeah. really, like, wow. 
Mm-hmm. This episode was still very, 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 very good. Yeah. But I just brought it back down that half a peach. Just because to me it was like... It did bounce a bit. It bounced a bit. But it, it was also really, really long. <laughs> and considering I watched it twice this week. Yeah. Yesterday and today. <laughs> One of them for note taking. Yeah. So there was pausing and stuff. So I'm feeling like, okay, whew, a little worn out from that. Oof. So I went with a nine. Perfect. Miss Hannibal, would you like to hear a teaser for our next recording? Not for next week? Big Jimbo must be Sky and... <laughs> well, mystical surf wizard, what does your wisdom tell us about these massive sets of destruction? Come on, don't be a squeef. All right, I know I don't have to remind any of you that school starts next week, so let's get a little National Park spirit going here and focus in on the fact that we're all young, free, healthy, wealthy, and wise, and about to embark (laughs) on probably the most righteous journey of our lives thus far. The fact of the matter is you gave up any right to ask me questions about my sex life, and you decided you didn't want to be a part of it. I'm here for you, but you don't need a full-time mom. Any more than I know how to be one. What are you trying to do? Ruin my reputation? Not everyone has your taste, David. The whole school does. I'm a tastemaker. He was a jerk who blew himself away. That's who he was. You don't know. You left early. You missed out on the fun part when he picked up a loaded gun and twirled it around like Wyatt Earp. Something I owe silver. That was a lot of different episodes. Yeah. Do you know what time it is, Anna? Is it midterms already? It's time for our midterms, baby. Oh, they snuck up on me fast. So, I have a bit of a surprise for you and for our listeners. Ooh, okay. I like surprises. So, we're recording this on Wednesday. Okay. Um, Wednesday, August 25th. Cool. Our last episode came out yesterday. Correct. This episode, remember I said I had a crazy schedule stuff happen, and this one is coming out on Saturday. Right. Do you want to know why? Why? We are having a midterm slash birthday party recording for you. Oh. So her actual birthday isn't until next week, the day this episode will air, our midterms will air. And Sunday, we are having your sister and her fiancé over. Daniel has never watched a single episode of 90210. So oh, that'll be really interesting to hear be fun. him listen to us talk about it. Definitely. I will still have him mic'd though, because it's funny. It's hilarious to have people mic'd. Right? Your sister has seen all of these, but it's been a couple months since she's seen any of these. Right. She will be mic'd as well. Okay. And then you and I will have our plan of attack. Guys, we have some really, I should say I, have some really fun stuff planned. We're doing it a little bit different than we did season one because it's a different season. Why not? season. And we have learned a little bit more about podcasting since then. A little bit. And it's going to be fun. So this Saturday the 28th is when A Walsh Family Christmas will publish. Okay. And then Tuesday, August 
31st. Oh, that's my birthday. That's your birthday. That is when our midterm will air. Yes, so I get to celebrate my birthday with all of you guys. And then after that, we will be back on our once a week, every Tuesday publishing schedule. Sweet. Get back to some normal. Life is back to normal-ish. For now. For now. We're going to try our best, guys, to keep it that way because I've missed doing this with you all the time. Oh, yeah. It's been a weird summer. It's been a weird summer, and I'm really glad we've been playing catch-up lately because this has been fun. This has been fun. Sorry again, guys, for the long episode. Oh, I'm not sorry. What are you talking about? I'm not sorry at all. (laughs) That's true. It was a blast. And, I mean, the episode itself was, like, 20 minutes longer than a normal episode. That is true. So we can't help it. There's a lot to talk about. All right, guys, we will see you very, very soon right here on Back to the Peach Pit. Thanks to Pixabay.com for their royalty-free music where we found our theme song by the Caffeine Creek Band.